0: Hello world! 3 Candid Questions is back with another lovely episode and this time we are talking about a topic that I am absolutely passionate about and that's the magic of travel. Krista Noel shares her personal story and she talks about all the doors that were opened when she lived abroad for a while, when she then decided to move back to the United States and All the experiences and all the exposure that travel really brought to her. And I'm sure a lot of us will be able to relate. So enjoy this conversation, let us know what you thought, what you took away from it, and speak very soon. Lovely that we can have this conversation. And um, I'm really looking forward, as usual, you know, the conversation will be free flow and we'll see where it takes us. But before we jump into it, Please take a few minutes to just introduce yourself to the
1: audience. Sure, yes, so my name is Kristen Noel. I am from just outside of Washington, DC in America. Um, I am a copywriter by trade as well as an online sales strategist. And I have a digital marketing company that helps women experts master their message um, so they can soulfully sell their high-earning services online without feeling so overwhelmed. Um, and so in my professional life, in my entrepreneurial life, I work with a lot of coaches, consultants, and professional service providers to help them transform how they run their business. Going mm-hmm. from scattered to systemized when it comes to growth, when it comes to marketing, and when it comes to putting yourself out there online, which I know a lot of us kind of struggle with in this whole world of like um, online and social media could be very overwhelming. It can be very mm-hmm. hard to cut through the noise. So my company aims to help women feel more comfortable with cutting through the noise and standing, standing confident in who they really are authentically so that they can grow their sales.
0: Mm. And that leads me to... You know, a question that popped into my head, right, about your identity and who you are also in your private life, because one of the essentials you told me in your life is really travel and new experiences. So uh, tell us a little more about how that has shaped where you are today in your life and also in your
1: business. Yes. So I was fortunate to grow up with a mom who loved to be on the move. Um, she, she was somebody who grew up, uh, traveling a lot for sports. She was a track star and she grew up in a family of other track stars. And so I grew up going to see my family run tracks. We would always, um, take road trips, whether to Florida or to St. Louis or Denver, Colorado, you name it. And so Mm -hmm. we were always kind of traveling. Um, and then that evolved into not just like traveling for sports tournaments, but, my mom got introduced to cruises. So we started taking a lot of cruises. Um, And so I was traveling a lot for family with my parents, like seeing my cousins, going on cruises, going to weddings with my parents. Like that was one thing about them. They never really left me at home. (laughs) They always took me along with them. So Mm -hmm. I kind of grew up with this spirit of travel in me. Um, And then when I was in high school, I got a chance to go to Paris, France for the first time. My dad's college buddy was getting married. He flew us out to France so my dad could be in the wedding. And that was like my first time really experiencing travel in a way that opened up everything, opened up everything in terms of like, I'm on a new continent. I really get to embrace this place, Um, a whole new culture, a whole new language, a whole new sights, And that clued me in to the fact that like, oh, this life is for me. Like, I have to keep traveling. I have to keep Mm -hmm. having these Amazing experiences. Um, And so I came across, like later after I graduated undergrad, um, I came across travel blogs. And there was one in particular called Alex in Wonderland. She was always my favorite person to read. Like I would come into work, pull up her blog, always looking for a new post where she was talking about, you know, traveling abroad, living abroad, taking all these adventures. And that was my first time really understanding like, oh, you can travel it's more than just like one vacation a year, one holiday a year or a couple of weeks a year, how it so often is here in America. Mm. Um and so I really made it my mission to figure out how I can have that flexibility and freedom to experience more of the world Mm. and to make travel and adventure more a part of my life and not just something that I do for a week or two out of the year, like so many of us in America do.
0: Mm. And how did you get the courage, let me say, to step out, you know, of what is usually done in your neighborhood, maybe, or in America in general, Mm -hmm. to really say, okay, I'm going to take this step and make this my mission to to travel much more, to experience the world much more. Where did you get that drive and the courage from?
1: Right. So I'll say that... um well, first of all, kind of backing up, I'll say like where I come from in um, in Maryland, just outside of Washington D.C., is a place where like a lot of um, a lot of the black people that are from here actually do pretty well financially. It's one of the mm-hmm. um, it's one of the um, highest ranking um, counties for black people to live in in America, and so I come from a place that is kind of privileged in the sense that we grow up with other African-Americans doing well, um, having jobs, having great opportunities. However, most of those opportunities look like getting government jobs. You know, we Mm -hmm. work just outside of the White House. We work just outside of where all the federal agencies are. And so a lot of people are government contractors or government employees. And it's a wonderful career path because it provides you stability and security and retirement benefits. However, for me, it was just, so boring. It was so dry. I actually got a government job. And, you know, like the smart thing to do would have been to just stick it out. Like, stick with mm-hmm. that job, you know, stay there for 30 years and, and get all the benefits. And you're able to retire. You're able to get a great salary. But for me, there was just no way that I could see myself staying in that type of role or that type of gray box. It was just crushing my soul to be there. Mm. So I needed something that was like, I need to get out there. I need to go see the world. So mm. for me, the, the courage came from like, I have to do something else because this is not going to work for me. Mm. Um, I'm just not a person that can sit somewhere and be bored every day or feel like I'm not really achieving my passion, my mission, and what I know I'm really here to do, but um, So the courage came from, like, I have to do something else in order to feel alive. I have to do something else in order to feel like I'm reaching my full potential because I'm not motivated at all here. Like, I Mm. didn't even want to really do assignments. I didn't want to take initiative. Um, And I can be that person who's taking a lot of initiative. I am that person. But in certain roles and certain jobs that I've had, I wasn't. Mm. So that motivation just came from me knowing that I had more to give inside of me that I wasn't giving in that current position because I couldn't see a future for myself there. Like, I was looking at my bosses and everything, and sure, they had like a great life that some people would love to have. Like, they had the job stability, they had families, and everything that's all great and all. But, like, I was just like, wow, I can't imagine spending the next 30, 40 years sitting in this office, going to these meetings and just really like not being able to see the world, not being able to take a whole lot of time off. It didn't appeal to me at all. So I was just like finding ways to do something different, researching how I could be more like Alex in Wonderland, how I could go see the world and take more time off and have more more flexibility to see a new city a new country and all that great stuff
0: Mm. did you have some like really big barriers that you encounter on your journey to make it happen to move out
1: and travel for a while Mm -hmm. I think the biggest barrier for me personally was the financial aspect Mm -hmm. Um, excuse me because I first I moved to California from the Washington DC area I again I wanted to just explore what else was out there and I didn't have money to move but my best friend was living in Los Angeles and she was like hey sis I have a couch for you so I went over there I crashed on a couch and I had about eight hundred dollars to my name Mm -hmm. and I was just like going to job fairs looking for opportunities um and I got a job but the salary was so little. So I was living out in LA. I was trying to make it on my own. I didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, and so when I decided that I wanted to move abroad, it was like, all right, I, I gotta make this work. I have to have at least a few thousand dollars saved up. Mm -hmm. Um, and luckily I got a bonus at work and that bonus was my little next egg fund to move abroad. Um, but since I didn't have a job opportunity abroad, I didn't have like a full, like, um, I didn't have a full, like, fully successful business. I did have a business at the time, but I just didn't have a lot of that financial capital or funding to Mm -hmm. really feel super comfortable moving abroad. Um, But luckily, I got that bonus. And then I started a new side business with my mom. So I was able to, you know, scrape together some extra money to, you know, give me that push to go ahead and move.
0: Mm. So what I hear you say is that it was the determination to experience a different life really made you try all sorts of avenues, whether it's a side business with your mom, whether it's um, planning for that bonus and using it in a certain direction, and then also um, getting a job in LA, which sounds like it was really not that easy. And then once you achieved moving. First, tell us a little about where you moved and how did it make you feel having achieved that step finally moving out of the U.S.?
1: Yes. Okay. So from L.A., I moved to Thailand to Chiang Mai, Thailand. And the reason I chose Thailand was because in doing my research about living abroad, I I found out about the term being a digital nomad. And I mm. found out that all of these people were moving and living and traveling around the world with nothing but their laptops, you know, mm. and a few bags, and that they were able to make money, set up online businesses, work remotely, um, and do it from the comfort of wherever they wanted to be, as long as they had a solid Wi-Fi connection. And so I was like, oh, I really want to be a digital nomad. Um, I really want to move abroad, but it has to be somewhere that is inexpensive, and it has to be somewhere with um, great Wi-Fi. And it has to be somewhere with a, a solid community of other digital nomads that I can easily navigate. Mm. And luckily, I had been to Thailand before. I got the opportunity to study abroad there um, on a short term study abroad trip in undergrad. And so I had this slight familiarity with Thailand. And since I had visited Chiang Mai and it was only for a couple of days that I was there, but that's all I needed to be like, I feel a little bit comfortable with the idea of being in Thailand because I've been there before.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and so that, when I made that happen, when I just decided like, I'm going to go to Thailand, I'm going to pursue this digital nomad life. I have skills online that I can use and I can make money with um, and I can just figure it out. And so me doing that and getting there, like, it felt great. And I was so determined to make it happen. But I was scared when I got there. Like, I was very intimidated. Mm. Um, I think I got a guest house. And I was just holed up there for, like, a week. Because I was scared to, like, okay, now that I'm here, I'm supposed to be setting up my life here. I have to look for an apartment. I have to make some friends. I have to figure out where I'm going to be working and figure out what I'm even going to be doing to work. Like Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew that I had um, web design skills. I was, I was building websites. I was doing social media, SEO, stuff like that. But it was just like, where do I get clients from? Where am I going to work from? Where am I going to live? Who am I going to hang out with? Um, So even though I had so much determination and courage to get out there and make it happen and get past all of the people who were like, What are you doing, Kristen? Like, what do you mean you're moving to Thailand? <laughs> I made it past all that. But then when I got there, I was just like, Oh shoot, I'm here now. So <laughs> what do I do? So it took a while. It definitely took um it took about a good solid week or so for me to say, okay, let me get up out of this guest house. Let me explore and let me see where I'm gonna live. Let me go meet some people. So yeah it took a while it felt good and i was determined to stay there and make it happen but um you know i definitely even the most courageous people i think you know they have to overcome those inner challenges and everybody gets scared you know Mm -hmm. even someone like me who might some people might describe as fearless but um i was definitely scared i was definitely intimidated when i first got to thailand
0: yeah And another thing just popped into my head was like, having lived in the US, um, yes, you had opportunities to move abroad, but as a woman of color, how was it for you to move out of the country? What was that experience like?
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. So one thing about living in Chiang Mai, Thailand, was that there was another pretty large community of other African-American people there. And so I was able to find my people and be able to connect with other people um, who look like me, and mm-hmm. that gave me even more of a motivation to stay and to you know get comfortable. You know, I can I can make friends with anybody, no matter where you're from. But it did feel warm, warming and reassuring to have other people that look like me, um, because one of the things that I was also I was wondering about before I moved was like. Will I make friends? You know, will I really find people who resonate with the same challenges as me? Will I come across situations that might be um, considered like a bias or, you know, racially driven Mm -hmm. type of incident? You know, I was wondering all those things. Um, And I I grew up in a neighborhood that was mostly African-American and I am comfortable around that people. And so being, being taken out and moving out of that environment, I'm like, okay, you know, Will I see other people that look like me who are doing what I'm doing, um, Mm. who have a similar perspective? Because your perspective and your background really shape, you know, how you go out into the world. Mm. So that was a question in my mind. Um, But then when I got there, I I came across a huge community, you know, a pretty big, a pretty sizable community, I Mm. should say. Like a really solid number of other Black people, other African-Americans from The United States or from um, the UK. And so it was, um, it was comforting to know that like, okay, there's other people with similar experiences um, as me. And we were able to share, you know, just what is it? What is it like being Black in Thailand? What is it like being um, a Black person who decided to move away from their home? Because for us, there is not a lot of Black people who just up and decide to move abroad. kind of just because, you know, we weren't out there like looking for new job opportunities, for example, Um, like our ancestors might have moved. um, They might have moved because they were forced to. They might have moved because Mm -hmm. there there was no opportunities in their hometown. You know, we come from a pretty painful history of how Black people are treated in America. And so my generation was almost like the first generation of Black people to be like, we just want to move because we want to see the world Mm. so for us it was like really um it was a really powerful experience like once we got to know each other and once we got to connect and share these conversations because it was like wow like we we're really doing this you know this is something that our parents and grandparents probably could only have dreamed of like Mm. just being able to Say, hey, I want to go live in Thailand, you know, I want to go move there and just live and just experience what the world has to offer and create my own life in a whole new country. So yeah, it was really a surreal and a powerful experience to connect with other Black people who, you know, share that share that similar history. So
0: what I hear from you is that it was quite a liberating experience in that sense also, like empowering but also liberating Mm -hmm. um, in the sense that you can actually move around Mm -hmm. as the person who you are and experience the world, something that many generations before you from your community were not even able to do. Mm -hmm. So how is that different then from when you moved back to the U.S.? How Mm was that experience after being out there and, you know, seeing the world and, yeah building your own life
1: yeah no it was extremely liberating that's the perfect word for it um it was it it just felt like freedom when Mm -hmm. we were all living out there and we were all getting to experience you know what it was like to wake up and like go to a waterfall if we chose to Mm -hmm. wake up and like do yoga on a rooftop if we chose to um and so coming back to america it was a big transition again. It's like being forced back into this world where Trump is president, where Black people do not feel comfortable. Um, there are tons of Black faces in the news every day for, from people who have been slain by police, or just even in our own neighborhoods, the consistent, um, the consistent shootings and um, just vandalism and things that you're always inundated with when you turn on the news Mm. and in many of our neighborhoods um the crime has been rising um especially with the pandemic crime has been rising so you're forced to pay attention more to those things in america and when you're living in you're living abroad like when we were living in thailand we kind of got to disconnect and that was part Mm. of what made it so liberating is because we weren't watching the news every day we weren't getting these updates on our phones every hour about you know something that happened something tragic that happened so the reason why we were able to feel so free is because we're so far away from that and it's not that we you know are living in la-la land it's not that we're thinking it doesn't happen but we're giving ourselves permission to disconnect from that reality Mm -hmm. and so coming back to America, it's like okay, you don't really have as much of that freedom and privilege to disconnect because it's so close to you. You're surrounded by it, um, and even I don't watch the news much, but I still keep abreast of what's happening. You know, I still keep abreast of what's happening locally, um, and you know, like I said, I'm from Washington D.C., and this is a city that is known for the White House, but it's also you know, just a few blocks away from the White House, there's a lot of crime, there's a lot of violence, and there's a lot of poverty. So Mm -hmm. coming back to America, it doesn't feel as, you know, like even you can have the same mindset of building freedom and creating freedom and living towards uh, creating that lifestyle that you want to live. But you're more connected to everything that's going on. And especially a lot of the negative things that are happening in the world. So it you have to prepare yourself mentally to come back into this world, and you know mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge that it's not the same as living abroad in the sense that um, you can disconnect, but it's harder to disconnect from everything that's going on. And um, you just have to you have to like mentally arm yourself to you know to deal with the realities that is in America. It's a lot of mindset work that you have to deal with, at least that I have done. Um, since moving back because mm. i actually i moved back by choice i wanted to be back and i wanted to be back specifically in the city and the area that i've um, that i'm from you know that i spent my first 21 years living mm. in so I, I wanted to come back here but i also knew that like it was going to take real intentional work whereas living in thailand um you kind of just you you kind of could just live you kind of could just exist mm. without so much of that where it didn't take as much intention, um, to, you know, maintain a a healthy and free mindset. But in America, you know, if you want to think freely and be positive and really arm yourself with those mental tools, you have to work a lot harder to do it. Mm. So
0: do you have like best practices or things that you said, hey, that really worked for me to make sure I'm strong, I feel powerful and energetic enough to, you know, still think freely, as you say, although I'm back in the US now.
1: Yeah. So what works for me is, number one, like I mentioned, disconnecting. And not turning on the news, you know, that much, Um, only really checking in when you need to, or when you want to get some updates for the day, but being very mindful of what you consume, whether it be on your phone or whether it's TV. um, I try to limit, you know, just how many articles I read or what news segments I watch, what news programs that I watch. Um, So disconnecting slash being more mindful of what you consume is number one. Number two, journaling. Um, And in that journaling, it's just always being mindful of your current mind state and how things affect you. You know, writing that down, writing that down, like if I'm feeling off or if I'm feeling like I'm just noticing that my energy is not as high or I'm not as motivated or I'm not as upbeat, I try to identify where that's coming from, like Mm. did did I just see a negative headline or did um, did I just have a less than ideal interaction with my client? like I always try to identify mm. the source of my feelings um, and journal that out. And also um, writing out affirmations. I try to write affirmations on a weekly basis. Um, there's things that I'm telling myself to remind myself like, you know to k- keep that self-love high, keep that um, self-confidence high in writing those affirmations to make sure that I'm consistently you know, motivating myself, consistently empowering myself and understanding that like, no matter what else goes on in the world, I can only control my own energy and I can only mm-hmm. control my own actions and how I might react to things that happen around me. So it's the journaling, it's the identifying my feelings and emotions and the source of my emotions, um, affirmations and really just reaffirming myself and gratitude. So I have a little, actually have it right here, my gratitude journal. Mm, and <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's, I try to start every single day with writing in my gratitude journal, just three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and it also has a section for writing your own affirmations. So you write your affirmations and what you're proud of yourself about. And so I try to make that my um, part of my daily routine before I like mm. jump into any work and everything. So those are the three biggest things for me: is just like mindful, um, mindful consumption of the media, journaling, and gratitude, daily gratitude. Mm. Mm. Yeah, those are very
0: powerful, and I think they are powerful no matter where we are. Whenever we want to sort of Absolutely. be having our energy in the right space and having positive energy. But it sounds to me that living in the U.S. really takes more energy than living in some other places in the world, simply oh, yeah. because you know of the history and everything that's connected to it. There seems to be a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel generally about the society in the U.S. and what would be needed to really create a bigger shift, not just like for you individually, but for an entire generation, so
1: to speak. Yeah, honestly, Sabrina, we need so much. There's so much Mm -hmm. that we need here in America and it can be a little bit discouraging sometimes to think of like, what. What would be needed? We need something massive, honestly, but mm-hmm. I feel I feel hopeful because I know so many people who are making positive change.
0: Mm-hmm. I know
1: so many people who are making breakthroughs in so many areas, just like people who are really following their dreams and people who are using their voices to speak and build platforms. There's a lot of forces working against us. Um, and by us, I mean like Black Americans, um, Black women, especially. Um, and just people who don't, who weren't born with the type of connections and resources and wealth, Mm -hmm. like, obviously, no matter where you are in the world, if you weren't born with connections, you're at a disadvantage. And there's a lot of systems that are working against people like that to stop them from, you know, rising up. And some of those systems are just the lack of funding, um, lack of access to resources and to capital that, you know, somebody who is a white male they might easily get these resources just because of who they were born as. Um, There's just so many, there's so many stories and stats of like black women founders who do not get founded or do not get funded at the same rate as a white male, you know, founded Mm -hmm. company. So there's that. Um, But I do think that there are a lot of people, a lot of black people, a lot of women um, who are still just like fighting and using their voices and using their talent to create platforms um you know i have friends who are starting software companies for example and tech is one of the i think was one of the biggest ways to make like a massive change through tech Mm -hmm. so like working on um positive impact technology like health and wellness tech um and just also tech to unlock more freedom for example like there is like one of my clients so they're a perfect example of just like unlocking more freedom because they're working on a a group travel platform and it just makes it a lot easier to arrange trips and to organize and and everything like that and so i think of travel as a vehicle for experiencing freedom because you have that freedom Mm -hmm. to see the world and so i'm really excited about their products because they're allowing more people, especially black people, to organize group trips and you know to grab somebody, grab your family, grab your friends, let's go to Marrakesh, you know, and you can easily do it through their platform. So stuff like that. Um and also positive change organizations like people, there's also one organization called Girl Trek, where they are mobilizing a million black women around the country to walk for 30 minutes a day for their health. But they're walking as a resistance to um, those systemic forces that keep Black women um, unhealthy. You know, there's so many things that we have to think about, like, are, is the doctor going to take us seriously? You know, there's more Black women who die in healthcare and in childbirth than any other race in this country. So we have to fight harder for our health. We have to fight harder to um, get the education that we need, the nutrition education, and we have to advocate for ourselves in medical spaces. And Girl Trek is an organization that is mobilizing. So I'm happy to just see all these organizations that mm-hmm. give me hope. You know, the different platforms, they're coming from all different types of angles, whether it is um, helping you understand your health as a Black woman or helping you gain more funding as a black woman entrepreneur, or helping you um, understand how to travel the world and see the world more because, you know, maybe your parents didn't, uh, maybe you didn't grow up seeing the world, but now I have this organization, I have this software that is allowing you to understand how to travel more and how to have that mindset to Mm. um, think about like using travel as a form of freedom. And so that is what gives me hope. And um, we just need more of that, right? We need more of that, more people who are brave enough to make these platforms, brave enough to go out and take a risk and not necessarily, um, not necessarily follow like the safe path all the time. So mm-hmm. I, see, I see a lot of that, luckily for from the spaces that I'm in. Um, so just more of that, you know, at a large scale more people who are able to have the resources to build their platform that's what we need
0: yeah yeah that's that's really powerful i'm just you know as you were speaking i was imagining all those different people different groups around the country or even around the globe you know because Mm -hmm. with the technology and with the exposure we see so much more in the world as possible suddenly because we can see, oh, somewhere in the UK did it, someone did it, or somewhere in Kenya or wherever it might be, and then it sort of spreads like a okay. conscious revolution that so many more things are possible. Absolutely, um, yeah. So it's nice that amidst all the you know negative news that you are mentioning, there can be those sparks of hope mm-hmm. that light you up. So was that part of your motivation to move back
1: into your neighborhood or close to where you grew up in? Yeah, I think my motivation um, was mostly internal, just like thinking about where I want, um, what kind of life I want to design. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I am more pulled towards um, being rooted, you know, just being rooted with family, friends Mm -hmm. that I'm near and just like, my community, and I do want to make a difference in my community, Mm -hmm. Um, and I did miss, you know, I missed my loved ones, and for me, it helped me, moving abroad helped me realize, like, I can go anywhere in the world, and I can form a community, I can make friends, I can meet people, but at the end of the day, like, I still love where I'm from, Mm
0: -hmm. and it
1: helped, it helped reiterate, you know, that love for home that I have, and um, I miss things, like, People I grew up with getting married, getting buying homes, and having housewarmings, and um, having birthday parties. And so this year, one of the things that one of the my favorite things to happen this year was how many celebrations that I got to go to. My friends' birthday parties. Like I said, I went to three different weddings this year. I um, attended like baby showers and stuff like that. So things like that were really like pulling me home just like Mm. being a part of my loved one's lives and just really it's like the small things that matter so you know we were talking about you know all these global changes in technology and um movement but Mm -hmm. all of that all of that like the thing that gives me purpose to even have my sights on something like that is being rooted in, you know, Mm. having these connections that really matter, you know, the connections where I can go hang out with my friends. I can go to a concert with my friends. I can go, you know, celebrate my friends getting married. It's stuff like that that really drew me and pulled me home. And it's like, I can do the work and I can, you know, work on playing my part to change the world. But I also have, you know, these people keeping me connected and making me feel like it's all worth it. You know, I think Mm. family, family really reminds me why everything is worth it and why I do it all.
0: Mm. Which is a perfect um, example of how like the bigger things and the smaller things are so super connected. Mm -hmm. Like the basics and then, you know, the bigger vision that comes with focusing on the basics like your roots and where you mm-hmm. came from and what really matters every day yes. that can inspires us to inspire us to create bigger things out there in the world
1: yeah exactly exactly because i think like if i were to only experience just like my bubble then i would want to know what else was out there and mm-hmm. now that i now that i've kind of explored what else is out there i'm like okay i really i see all the possibilities but I still miss, you know, I still miss my bubble where I'm from too. So Mm -hmm. now it's just like you said, combining these things because we're working on, we're working on our big visions. We're working on, um, you know, the difference that we want to make in the world and we're still seeing the world, but like, you know I'm still connected to my super tight knit community. I'm still, I still have my mind focused on how I can impact my community you know starting small but understanding the possibilities and what's out there and still getting to taste you know what's out there in the world and for me like that's the most ideal situation
0: Mm, yeah so for someone who might be watching this conversation or listening to it and thinking like oh my god i would absolutely love to go out there experience so that i can know what really matches to me and to experience that freedom and the liberty What um, tip or top advice do you have for them to get started? Maybe they're scared to take the first step.
1: (laughs) Yes. So I'm biased, but I think that everybody should experience living outside of their home country for Mm -hmm. at least three months. You know, I'm not even telling you to move for a year or five years, try it out for three months. You know, give yourself three months. And I think a quarter, like I kind of always like to plan life in quarters. And so Mm -hmm. if you're saying for, Um, the second quarter of 2023, I'm going to go live in Spain. You know, if you're from the UK, like go live in Spain. And I know it's more common for Europeans to move to other countries Mm -hmm. in America, a little bit less. So, so Mm -hmm. like, you know, go move to, um, go move somewhere for three months, move to Mexico, move to Colombia. You know, there's like really safe communities in these countries. Where a lot of um, a lot of expats will go, so you can have a community of people that you can feel familiar with. Um, and I say Mexico, and I say you know Colombia or something, because those are on the same you know side. They're on the same hemisphere. If you're in America watching this, um, and you don't have to go super far. You don't have to move to Thailand, you know, necessarily like I did. But build that plan, build that nest egg to get out of your environment. Um, and really it soak up and immerse yourself in a new culture, and that does so many things. It exposes you to other ways of living, and it makes it forces you to um, take a risk and to step outside of your comfort zone because you now have to meet new people, you now have to get acquainted with a new neighborhood, and you now have to you know just set your life up in a whole different environment. It does so much for your confidence and. For you know, just how you see yourself and how you, like Sabrina said, how you understand what's important to you. Um, especially if you might be feeling a little bit lost or feeling like what you're doing right now isn't really lighting you up. If you feel like you need a spark, that is a huge spark. You know, moving to another country that will really make you learn yourself and understand who you really are. Like, there's nothing like I think living abroad. Um, that you know can do that for you mm-hmm. so that would be my tip is just build that plan to somewhere and give yourself a minimum of three months to figure it out and to live there and to really just soak it up and see what you learn and see how much your confidence will grow in only three months like it's crazy
0: mm-hmm. and I heard earlier in your story when you were sharing how you know you sort of also financially made it happen it's like you can have a plan but at the same time if you choose a spot that's not super overwhelming in terms of how you can set yourself up then you might right. not need as much as you think you need to make it exactly
1: happen. exactly mm-hmm. really just assess like what kind of lifestyle you really need um i'm at a point now where i do want more comfort so like some of the apartments i lived in in thailand back then I'm not gonna stay in like the $200 place. I might stay in Mm. the $500 place. Mm. (laughs) So just understanding and really understanding like what is the economy like there? Mm. Um, Can you, you know, can you comfortably live on, let's say $10 a day? You know, in some places you can live on $10 a day or Mm. for you, that that might look a little bit more like 50, 75, you know, dollars a day. So really understanding what you need, your comfort level and doing that analysis Um, of what the economy is like there and what the cost of living is there and figuring out how much you need to take and how much you need to save up in order to take that step. Like definitely make that plan and be realistic about, you know, what it is that you need to live comfortably. Um, Cause I'm not telling you to go out there and look for just the cheapest room or the cheapest everything, but there are a lot of countries out there that you can live comfortably at you know a fraction of the cost or half the cost or a third of the cost um, of what it costs in america to live Mm. your same lifestyle
0: Mm. Uh, so it's really all about being open-minded and taking the steps by exploring and then you you're going to figure it out basically yeah
1: yeah and and i'm not sure where most of your listeners are from sabrina but i know that like if you're in europe for example there are certain, obviously, there's certain European countries who are more pricey. And then there's mm. others, you know, there's other cities that you can go to that are less expensive or smaller towns that you can go to. Um, for example, I know that there's some places in Portugal that are beautiful and also um, affordable. So I feel like if I was in Europe, I would love to explore living in Portugal for a little while.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And the audience is from all over the world, so I'm sure um, several people will get some great tips out of that. Mm-hmm. So um, do you have your next trip planned? Do you have like a new thing you want to explore in the
1: next couple of months? Yeah. So in a few weeks, I'm going to Los Angeles, back to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a domestic trip for me, but I haven't been to L.A. in a few years. And it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. cities. Um, like I said earlier in the interview, I used to live there. and um, so I'm excited. I'm helping out my, one of my best friends and she's also a client of mine. She's also um, somebody I've worked with multiple times throughout, you know, just growing up and she is, um, planning a retreat. She's planning a retreat for black women creatives and oh. I am helping her out. I helped her do her marketing for the retreat to sell, um, to sell seats and that's going to be amazing. So I'm looking mm. forward to heading to LA for that. And then my next international trip is in January and I'm going to South Africa. So- Awesome. That's a a beautiful place. (laughs) I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. So like I I went to Morocco that was my first trip to Africa and Mm -hmm. now I'm going to South Africa in January. So it's like the top of Africa now the bottom of Africa. And next I want to go like somewhere in the middle like maybe Kenya or Ghana or somewhere.
0: Yeah, you should. Mm -hmm. All beautiful places. (laughs) Oh <laughs> right. <seen.
1: laughs> right. I know. I can't wait.